And, and so at a young age, we're, we're taught to focus on weaknesses. And, and that's kind of what Clifton Strange debunks is, A, it's not reality. B, he's given a science and a language to what we are good at and how to focus on that so that instead of being good, we can be really great at the things that we've got the talents and capacity for. Hello and welcome to The Melting Pot. I'm your host, Dominic Monkhouse. The Melting Pot is a result of my hunger and curiosity for optimizing business performance, exploring corporate culture, customer addiction, and building high-performing teams. It's full of advice from my guests, entrepreneurs, fellow business authors, and examples from some of my work over the last few years, coaching the CEOs and leadership teams of some amazingly successful tech firms. The Melting Pot is my attempt to synthesize what I've learned along the way, to help you build a highly scalable business and realize the potential of your life's work. If you enjoy the episode, head over to monkhouseandcompany.com forward slash podcast to find today's show notes and more editions of The Melting Pot. While you're there, if you subscribe to the newsletter, you can pick up a copy of my new book, Plan B, How to Scale Your Technology Business Faster and Achieve Plan A. Enjoy. Hello, today I'm in conversation with Bert Robinson. Bert had an epiphany 12 years ago, and it relates to the notion of positive psychology. So Donald Clifton, he of Gallup, and the Clifton strengths, or the Gallup strengths, the grandfather or father of positive psychology, came up with a tool based on trying to drive high performance. So what is it? What is it that underpins high-performing teams? And his contention is that high-performing teams are underpinned by people doing work that they love, that they find energizing, and that they can be amazing at. And they take those strengths and they work on those strengths and they turn them into talents. And if you can harness the talents and the, and the job you're in and those two things come together, then never work another day in your life. And Bert's an expert in this. So he and I were talking before Christmas and I said, I've got to get you on the podcast, Bert. And we've got to talk about Gallup strengths and positive psychology and not focusing on weaknesses and the benefits of the benefits of doing that in an organization. And how do you, how do you help an executive team Give an executive team the language to be able to have difficult or impactful conversations. And I think Gallup Strengths or Clifton Strengths does that. We're not all the same. It makes that really obvious. And then gives people a vocabulary so we can talk about the positive elements of a strength and, or even, as Bert calls it, the kryptonite. Where is it that we've, a strength has been pushed too far and maybe we're having unintended consequences? So a fantastic conversation with Bert. Uh, we rattled on and it's a little bit of a longer episode. We got carried away with ourselves, but we had a great time. I'm sure you'll enjoy our conversation. I'm Bert Robinson. I do coaching and consulting with my company, Empowering People. I'm in Firestone, Colorado, uh, out in the Rocky Mountains and uh, have been doing this for over, over 12 years now and Basically, when I'm at my best, I inspire and align people to their created best. And the tool set that you use, Bert, what's, what's that built on? Well, that's uh, 
A lot of people are very familiar with, with Strengths Finder, uh, which has been renamed Clifton Strengths, and so uh, that is the the main tool that I use. The research behind that, uh, the work of Don Clifton, has just been amazing, uh, Dom. I know, I know you're familiar with with Clifton Strengths. Um, the the thing that that I, that I love about it is, unlike a lot of other personality or behavior theories and in psychology. You know, Don did the research first and uh, had a hypothesis, was looking for something. You know, what is it that makes successful people successful? You know, what makes them excel? And he started this, you know, back in the late 50s, early 60s. And his original hypothesis was, uh, I'm going to find the success traits that, that certain people have that others don't. But o- over the years, he could not validate that hypothesis, <laughs> you know, and uh, – because he, he likes work to find out he was wrong. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, being being a good scientist, um, a, a good a great researcher, uh, Clifton realized, okay, there, there's something that just doesn't align here, and uh, and so they kind of took a step back from their work. And what they realized was, it's not what we have because he saw certain traits that some people had that were were great, excellent at what they did, and and, and the way they went about it was interesting too. Uh, they would interview people who were like the best of their field, uh, you know, over, over 2 million people over 50 years. Uh, you know, a little bit of this, but, but for the audience, I mean, and it didn't matter. He, he didn't define success by a paycheck or a title or a position. It's were you really good at what you did? Um, and so you could be a CEO, a doctor, a lawyer, you could be a hotel clerk, a bus driver, uh, you know, it's just people that just, showed that they were excellent at what they did. And so what he found out, though, was that uh, it's not what we have, but it's really how we take what we have and how we apply it. He, his big aha was uh, successful people understand their talents and their strengths, and they built their lives around that. And so creating the assessment that identifies over 34 talent themes. When you take it, you get your top five. Uh, the top five talents, which um, Clifton defined a talent as a natural recurring pattern of ways we think, feel, or behave that can be productively applied. And so, so what we're looking at there is productivity. And I, I always joke when I'm in a program, you know, because a lot of times people are just deflector shields up, uh, you know, and I'm just saying, hey, I, I'm not here. We're not going to do navel gazing. We're not going to uh, talk about your inner child. I mean, I, I'm not even sure I've met my inner child yet, but uh, <laughs> running around in there somewhere. But the the, the, the thing is, is we're, we're going to look at, you know, your GSD factor. What is it about you that is really excellent at getting stuff done? That's basically where I start. I, I take those top five talent themes, and then help people, uh, as I say, to, to inspire them and to align them to, to these natural recurring patterns and take them from just a talent into a strength. And so that's that's basically the, the main thing that I use. And it's just been a lot of fun. Um, I mean, and how, why did you how did you end up here then? Are we, have you always been in uh, in the Rocky Mountains? Right. How did you end up in the Rocky Mountains, and why are you? Why did you end up working with 
Clifton Strengths. Okay. Two questions. Yeah, that, that, that which is. Which may or may not be connected at all. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, no. I know. I'm actually uh, a Colorado native. Uh, you know, I, I grew up, I was raised in the plains. And so, you know, it's just the closer you live to the mountains, the easier it is to go skiing, right? So, but uh, went to the University of Colorado where I met my wife, uh, got my undergrad degree in uh, uh, psychology and history, and um, did a lot of, of, of people work. Um, I was in ministry for a while and uh, always doing things uh, to, to develop people and then leadership development. And, um, and, and really what kind of got me on this track, I, I took... In 2004, I went to a leadership retreat, and we they brought a guy in. Uh, Clifton and Buckingham had just released Now Discover Your Strengths a couple years before that. And so I, I, I remember sitting there. I, I'd taken the assessment, and I thought, okay, this this just seems kind of generic. It's a little horoscopish, you know. You know? And so I can apply this to, to a lot of people in here. And and, you're a Libra. You're going to be lucky today. Well, yeah, no, it's <laughs> there was that part of it, um, and, and you see what what I took away from that was okay. So these are my top five strengths, and uh, so I know this. So I took the report, put it in the book, put the book on a shelf, and it, and it just sat there for five years. And then um, my boss, a few years later, he said, "We need something that." we can use in our in our human resources development team that that really is going to help our staff to to grow as people and i'd remember the strengths finder and and it was good i liked it but it was kind of like okay this is great what do i do with this and the thing that uh wasn't shared or maybe they shared it and i just didn't hear it dom because you know sometimes i have the attention span of a gnat so (laughs) but uh what you know, the, the thing is, is the assessment gives you your top five talents. What makes a talent a strength is when we begin to very intentionally add skills, knowledge, different uses of the talent in different ways. And then it grows, you know, just, just like a muscle. And, and then as, as that talent begins to grow, it becomes a strength. And, and Clifton defined a strength as a consistent, near-perfect performance but it's in an activity that we we actually enjoy doing. Well, I I I like that. There's 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 the things that your talents give you the joy to do in the way you do them, and then there's this sort of learnt behaviours that often, because quite often when I speak to people about their strengths, you know, they say, "But I'm good at this," and that doesn't. And it's like, yeah, but you've you know you've got a job, and you've had to learn to be good at this thing. Because because you've got this strength, say like achiever or competition, that means you don't want to fail or you're driven. And as a result of that, you've learned to do something well-ish. But and I, in fact, I was talking to a client the other week and I looked at his strength profile and he's been in sales for 20 years. And I said to him, do you enjoy selling? And he said, no. I hate selling. I've always hated it. Yeah. But, 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 but I have to sell, otherwise I can't do my job. And everybody else on the call was like, I can't believe that. This, hang on, how did you know he hated it? It's like, well, it just seems to me like he probably isn't going to enjoy yes. doing that. And so what are your top five? Then? Okay, yeah, no. So my top five, uh, belief, achiever, you know, 
like you, achievers got to achieve, right? We, we got to get something done on this program, right? So strategic, uh, number three, command, at number four, and uh, at number five is connectedness. So, so in my top five, um, it, it's interesting. Clifton said there, uh, he said there are two talents that have a spiritual component to them. Um, now, not, not don't confuse that with religion, uh, but, you know, it can, it can look like a faith. It can be more of a f- philosophy. It can be uh, some sort of service to humanity. But Clifton said there are two talents that have a spiritual component to them. One is belief and the other is connectedness. And so both those kind of pop up for me. And um, But, you know, kind of with that, that number one, there being, being belief, it's like if, if what I'm doing, if it aligns with my values, with my convictions, you know, I, I can, man, I'll move heaven and earth to, to make things happen. And, and that's kind of what that belief talent does. It, it gives a person uh, kind of that, that North Star. Uh, it, it gives you that intrinsic motivation to do things. Why? Because it aligns with things that you hold very dear or core to your, your life purpose, your value, your existence in some way. And people often find it funny that, it, that that's one of the executing themes, because it's like, you know, like what's belief got to do with executing? But it's that it's that that sort of intrinsic motivation. Yeah. Now, now the interesting thing. So when my when my boss asked me, you know, let's find something more developmental. Uh, I, I went back to Clifton Strengths. I thought, but man, what I, I just felt like there if there was just something more to this and, and Gallup. They, they've got their domains, as you mentioned, that, you know, there are talents that uh, they, they kind of put them in different categories. Well, uh, a colleague of mine suggested I, I call this woman who was in the Dallas area. Uh, her name Candace Fitzpatrick. And uh, Candace, uh, she had gone to SMU, uh, had uh, read now discover your strengths by Clifton and Buckingham upon her graduation. And it was just like an epiphany of why she was frustrated. Kind of what you were saying. She'd been doing a particular sales job, kind of hit the glass ceiling and uh, always loved learning, went back, got her master's. And in that process, just kind of came back to life, read, uh, you know, the now discover your strengths and realized why, you know, that, uh, and so that, that kind of put her, on a new trajectory of doing her own research and study. And so what she developed this process called core clarity. And so uh, the quadrant, she, she uses four quadrants, has a key, and there are different talents. She aligns the talents a little differently, but there are some adjacencies. So for instance, there are certain talents that have more to do they're, they're external in terms of how they function. It's talents that we use with other people. Uh, whether whether we're connecting with people or mobilizing other people to action. Uh, she noticed that there are more talents that have more of an internal function, uh, how we intellectually process things or things like, like my belief, our achiever, uh, how we, we get motivated to do things, the intrinsic motivators. So the external have to do typically more with people, internal more with self. But then she also noticed that if we're mobilizing other people or we're energizing ourselves 
towards outcomes, towards results, there's a motivational dynamic to those those talents. So those kind of aligned up on on the right side of the key, and then on the on, on the left side were talents that were more about depth or intimacy, uh, going more deep with your your reflect or learning talents, you know, uh, or uh, going more in depth with a, a a relationship with another person with the connect talents. And so that, uh, and what was interesting, Don, was she was explaining this to me over a 45-minute telephone conversation. And she, and I, I couldn't find my results, so I retook it, which, you know, kind of messed things up a little bit. But I, I retook it, and, and she's telling me all these things. And it was like, in those 45 minutes, I got more insight and application in terms of what to do to start turning these talents into a strength rather than uh, th- than what I got at that two-day leadership conference. It's it's that sort of, you know, because quite often people say, well, you know, I've done Myers-Briggs and that's the sort of put you in a box thing. And that's, you know, if you take the, if you take the test, you take the assessment, you know, you, you, you're, you're in a box, there's, there's your top five. But what I, as you say, what I like about the strengths is you can then apply it with more rigor and, and depth than you can with, with some of the other things. You can, you can say, well, what does this mean to me? What does this mean to others? You know, somebody said to me that, you know, managers tend not to ask questions to which they already know, that they don't, that they don't already know the answer to. And quite often when somebody says, I'm delegating it, what they mean is, here's a task that I'm not going to do and you're going to do. But my expectation, which is, might be implicit, is that you're going to do it the way that I did oh. it. Yeah, and then of course the person doesn't do it that way because they don't have your strengths. Yes, and then and then and then you might be happy with the outcome, but you weren't happy with the way they did it because you just had this assumption they were going to do it the way you did it. And the thing with strengths is, people can get from A to B, but they can get to, they'll get to A to B with the application of their strengths. And so the way they do, you know, so you can start to coach people to do a thing even if the people aren't the same as you. So it's, it's not about hiring clones and getting people to do the same thing. It's, but it's, um, if people are failing, you can look at their strengths and say, How, are we getting them to, do, are they trying to do a thing in a way which doesn't play to their, to their talents? And seeing that, to me, that, that's the, one of the hugest values of, of what, you know, Clifton Buckingham brought with, with StrengthsFinder is, um, you know, you've got 34 talents, and it was interesting, Clifton believed so, so strongly in his research, you know, so you play to your top five. So that's kind of like your, your top 15%, you know, this is the, the best, you know, kind of that, that principle of the 15% is going to give you most of your, your, your result. Uh, so, so when, when you bought his book, you got a code in the book, you could take the assessment, you got your top five. Uh, if you wanted to get the other 29 back in 2000, it, it cost you several hundred dollars. It's, you know, so for the price of the book, you get your top five. But Clifton believed that this was really the secret sauce. This was the value and wanted people to, to kind of really discover and then begin to develop those top five talents. Because if, if you get all 34, what do you do after you look at the top, you know, five most people, well, what do I suck at, you know, and, and they go to the bottom five and then what do I do with all this stuff in the middle? Um, but, but what you're saying there, Dom is, is, is brilliant because when you, when you just look at the math, 
the odds of somebody having your top five talents in the same order, it's one in 34 million. So it, the, the strengths finder and, you know, the Clifton strengths, it really accentuates the uniqueness and the diversity that we all have and how, you know, I, I had a, a a boss of mine who used to say, yeah, they're, they're adults. They'll figure it out. And I'll go, maybe, maybe not, you know, <laughs> based on how they're wired. Uh, are, are they going to figure it out the way you want them to? Um, you might not like the results. So, but yeah, what you said is, you know, uh, we talk about the three fault lines in our thinking um, in when we're doing our workshops and helping people understand their, their core clarity. Um, that, that Candace developed. Uh, the first one is this, the, the fault line of, uh, we assume, we think everybody thinks the same way we do. I think we'd, I think, I think we'd go mad. Do you know what I mean? Like you get up in the morning and, and you look in the mirror and you think, the way I think is normal. I'm a completely sane human being. I think if you got up in the morning and go, I'm the only person who thinks the way I do, it might be challenging mentally. So no wonder evolutionarily, like we do, we think this way. I, uh, it seems to me completely rational to think that everybody thinks the way you do, although that's wrong. Yes. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's, uh, as we get older, we realize that that's, you know, you know, especially we get, we get married and we realize, oh my gosh, what was I thinking to think that? Uh, but <laughs> I don't, I don't think you were thinking that you were told, what were you thinking to think that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I've just had that conversation with my wife about some new paneling in the bathroom. <laughs> she said, she just said, I've spoken to the plumber. I think your ideas are rubbish. I said, okay, that's marvelous. Let's talk about that later. <laughs> Oh, but no. And, and, you know, the thing is we, we, we modify the, that, that first fault line to, well, we don't all think alike. We know that, but, and, and this is to the man in the mirror conversation we're having. Everyone should think the way I think. <laughs> <laughs> That's, if they know what's good. for Exactly. Them. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, so that's, the other fault line is, is we assume everybody has the same talents we have. Plus, what we observe in them that we don't have, uh, kind of at a young age, we've been comparing and contrasting ourselves to other people, right? Uh, so whether it's siblings or friends we grow up with, and we, we play the one up, one down game, and, and we look at what other people have, wish we had it. And so what that can subtly do, it, it builds in this, uh, this less than mentality that, well, uh, this guy is just really good at communication. And, and so... I really want to be a good communicator. And to your point, you know, you add the skills, the knowledge and experience to that. You might be good at communicating, but it's not, it doesn't flow from you naturally. And you might not love doing it. Kind of like your, your man who's doing the sales, who does a good job, but it's not really fitting in with how he's naturally wired. And, and this is where people get into, I don't call it a, uh, you know, a we used to talk about dead end jobs. I, I call them career cul-de-sacs now. Because uh, you, you kind of, well, I kind of thought this is what I wanted to do. This is what my parents wanted me to study. Uh, I was always told this would be a good job track. And now I make a lot of money. I got a lot of obligations, but I'm not happy. Uh, so, oh, well, in, in a former life, I used to work for GlaxoSmithKline. And I would go and sell drugs to general practitioners, to GPs. And so, you know, these were the kids who got, 
in the UK, three A-levels, so smart kids at high school. They went on to college and university, went seven years of medical school, and then found themselves as general practitioners. And they realized spending 60 to 80% of their time talking to incontinent old people wasn't what they thought this job was going to be about at all. Because in their heads, you see, they were going to be a surgeon. Yeah. Because they'd always been the smartest kid in their class. And so they were going to go and be a surgeon and then they get there and they're not the smartest kid in medical school anymore. And then they end up with GPs and they realize the skills to be a GP aren't passing exams. They're actually sitting down and talking to people. And that wasn't their strength. No, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. You know, they were, they, were all about, they were all about terrible bedside manner and being rude to people. <laughs> and, and, and now the skills that they needed to be great as a GP weren't, weren't theirs. And, and I met a lot of frustrated doctors. A lot of frustrated doctors. Yeah. That was something, you know, like in, in terms of like in life, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that, hey, I, I know I'm, I'm the result of my past and, you know, don't live by regret. But I think that is one thing, Dom, that if I would have understood, even back at that retreat, if I just would have understood earlier that, you know, these, I've got these particular talents. And when I play to those, life gets better. But, but, but you know, at a young age, you know, I, I mean, it starts when we, the socialization process of, of public education, you know, you, you bring home a report card, you got four A's, a B and a C. What does the conversation revolve around? It's the C, at least in my family, you know, it's like, son, you're <laughs> in most families. Yeah, you're a Robinson. We're not average. It's like, uh, you, dad, you tell me we're below average. No, I'm telling you that C better be a, a B and that B better be an needs to be an A. And, and so at a young age, we're, we're taught to focus on weaknesses. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. And, and so so we, we got this thing that we got to do everything with exceptional excellence. And, and that's kind of what Clifton Strains debunks is, A, it's not reality. B, he's given a science and a language to what we are good at and how to focus on that so that instead of being good, we can be really great at the things that we've got the talents and capacity for. I, I did, and I, it's funny because I, you know, I, I worked for Marks and Spencers and then Glaxo, as I said, so some big corporates where... You know, you'd have that annual appraisal meeting and, you know, your boss would say, well, Dom, you know, here's, here's your weaknesses. And so unless you could fix these five things that you're rubbish at, yes, that we think are a criteria, that are part of your job spec and, and there's some personality flaws as well. If you could fix those, then, you know, definitely we'll promote you and give you a pay rise. <laughs> uh, see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> loser. Loser. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so, and so the whole thing is around fixing weaknesses, not about, you know, but, you know, Lionel Messi, you know, or, Pele or I don't know who's the who's the who's the who's the guy in the um oh your man uh, Tom Brady quarterback Tom Brady yes 40 something right yeah playing to his strengths exactly no. right and still doing it and so and so it's you know nobody says to him oh well you know go out and kick field go and practice field goals because that's the thing you're not good at you know you should tackle more yes it's like no <laughs> like there's you know just become amazing at the thing you're amazing at. No. Well, and, and, you know, I use the illustration of Michael Jordan, you know, the great basketball player, uh, you know, 
when his father uh, was tragically murdered, he, you know, he, he had uh, retired from basketball and decided he was going to go play baseball. His, his father always had this vision of one of his sons playing major league baseball. And so Michael, you know, greatest basketball player of, of his era. And he goes to play baseball and he, you know, he signed a minor league contract and uh, did that for about a year and a half, got to double a, which is, you know, still two, two levels below the major leagues. And, um, you know, went back to basketball and won three more NBA titles, a couple of MVP awards. And and, and I joke, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that he would have never gotten to major leagues uh, because a lot of people, you know, he, he could have put a lot of time into it. But I will say this, there's no way he was going to take the Chicago White Sox to three World Series victories in a row, um, uh, you know, put the team on his back like like he would often do in, in clutch games. So, you know, that the the whole athletics you know we, it does provide kind of that 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 great analogy and when you apply this to to talents and strengths uh, we, when we find that a lot of people have really been uh, not only working out a weakness or trying to fix a weakness or manage their mediocrity <laughs> they instead of putting all that time energy and resources in well this is what I'm good at how can I get great at you know, achieving at my learner input, at my ideation, you know, coming up with not just good ideas, but the greatest ideas, um, you know, and then to, uh, to, na- to, na- to name but three of my top five strengths. Yes, exactly. Uh, so learner, <laughs> achiever, ideation, strategic and input. And, and it's funny because because, you know, doing this podcast is it, it feels as though almost for the first time with the sort of the podcast and the blog newsletter, you know, I've got my input and I'm doing something with it. Whereas before I just remembered annoying facts and irritated people. (laughs) And now, and now it's like, you know, that whole, you know, for, I have a purpose to point these things out, which is, you know, what, what information might be out there that clients or prospective clients or other people that I can help, um, you know, I, I, I love going through it all and sifting it and then serving it back up in a way that means they don't have to. Oh yeah. And, 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 and I love doing it. No. And, and, the, and, and you're great at it. And, and the thing is, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when, when everything just kind of comes together, it, it just feels like, okay, you know, in, in the, the, that movie chariots of fire, when Eric little says, you know, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, this is, this is what I was meant to do. You know, it's, like, and, it's being in flow, isn't it? It's like time stands it, still. It is exactly flow. Yes, you're right. And so, so the other thing that core clarity adds to the Clifton strengths, Dom, uh, and I'm glad you brought up your talents, which again, what you're doing is just really leveraging and maximizing those because you've got, you, you, you do a lot of research just naturally. I mean, you, you probably sleep, you probably do more research in your sleep, you know, than I do when I'm awake, but (laughs) that learner input, those two intensify one another. Uh, But, but you're taking that because you've got a, a, the strategic talent, you can solve problems. You can put that knowledge into motion Uh, or 
you can create with that ideation. You, you, you've got this creative side of you that thinks way outside the box. Uh, strategics, they start with the end in mind. Uh, when, when we're going to figure out a maze, we know you don't go at start and, you know, keep running into walls. What you do is you get above the maze. You look at where do I want to get to? This that's is the end you have, game. No, that you know that because that's because you have strategic. Exactly. <laughs> and 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 then and then you tell people the answer and they look at you blankly and you say, "What do you mean you don't understand? Like that's the data. That's the answer." <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And you know, at school, your teacher would say, "You have to show you're working out." Yes. And, and it's like, <laughs> why? You got what you wanted enough uh, but, but but we, we got to remember with that strategic that's your, talent that's 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 your command yeah, I've given yeah you the totally. answer and yeah. i don't and <laughs> yeah, now i now i care less about this conversation we're moving on exactly now you're wasting my time uh but the, the no the, the the beauty of understanding the that strategic you know what you just said is that uh you know our talents do have a a, a kryptonite dynamic to them when they're misused or sometimes overused, it can kind of neutralize the brilliance of the talent. And, and for strategics, because, you know, it's a very forward thinking, you're already on your way to the end. Sometimes we don't communicate, we don't show our work, you know, and we forget that other people, they're in the maze and they're just saying, okay, I, I just need to know, Dom, do I go left, right, or straight? J just what's my next step? And you're just, well, obviously it's right, left, left, right, straight, right, left, right. And then we're done, right? And they're just saying, what was the first step I got to take? <laughs> yes. I've, I've had and these conversations to, with my wife a lot. Well, and then, and then if you have command, I don't have it in the top five, but it's, it's there at, uh, I think six. And so there's that, you know, oh, yeah. okay, let me just step in and take control of this because that'll be less painful for me. Right. Um, but, but I, you know, I have, I have Achiever up there, number two. And so, you know, that sort of kryptonite for me, if I, if I think about it, is that not celebrating success or, or not saying thank you because why would that be necessary? And so I thought, exactly. you know, uh, yeah, I, had, I, had, uh, I had a client who had uh, Achiever number one, um, and I said, uh, can we celebrate success? He said, I don't want to do that. It'll just make them soft. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, you know, but the thing is, it then gives you a vocabulary to say, why do you think the way you do? How can we talk about this? Um, you know, how can we give feedback to one another? You know, how as an executive team, can you have, can you have, can you have a difficult conversation about, you know, some of your strengths, you know, the, the kryptonite or the basement of your strengths showing up in, in an environment so that you can, we can give you some feedback. It means it's, it's sort of, it's easier for people to have difficult conversations. I often find it. See, and that, that's another great thing is, uh, I call it, you know, it gives you it gives you an on-ramp to crucial conversations. So when we, so I was an, in, I started off as an in-house facilitator using core clarity, Clifton strengths. And, um, you know, everybody in the office took it and people had their, their pyramids up and, and stuff like, uh, where we had the language and stuff. So you could, you know, people kind of come up and just say, Bert, you know, I, I love your achiever, uh, Man, you, you just got this great capacity to get things done. And, uh, but, you know, sometimes uh, 
you do kind of dust people. Uh, you, you know, you might want to come back to the pack a little bit and, um, you know, gear, uh, downshift, gear down a little bit so that uh, you're not uh, – yeah, you're getting people across the finish line, but a lot of times you're dragging them. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so it's, you know, that was, that was good. That, that was just a sign for me to just say, okay, uh, people are not like me. They don't think like me. They don't have the same talents I've got. So I, I just need to spend a little time, uh, paying attention to some of the, the human dynamic, the human element. Now, and this is where, uh, in, in core clarity, uh, Candace Fitzpatrick created what, what we call the core drill. So she puts your top five talents on the key. And um, sometimes you don't have talents in your top five that are in one of the quadrants. So for me, and we give uh, different profile names, there's 15 different profiles you can be uh, in, in the core, with the core clarity key. And so I don't have any connect talents, which means the the, the softer people talents, you know, uh, connect. Like empathy. Yeah, like empathy, <laughs> includer, uh, you know, uh, relator. Those, um, you harmony. know, they're, yeah, harmony. They're, they're down there a ways. <laughs> but I do have command, you know. So when I do people, sometimes the command comes out and that can be um, a strong drink for some people. And so uh, understanding that my, my lack of blue has been, you know, in, in terms of like, if, if I wished I'd known something when I was younger, I, I wish I'd have known the dynamics of my talents and how uh, it, using the color code that the connect talents are blue, being clueless, blueless, uh, you know, because I thought just because I could get up and speak and motivate and, you know, give direction to people and lead that I had great people skills. Uh, I had a particular talent that allowed me to really, you know, take charge and, you know, push things forward. But in terms of people skills, I was really lacking. Uh, you could, well, <laughs> not, you could, it's not, it's like you could break them and, and not care. Yeah. Yeah. All at the same exactly. time, right. It's like, no, totally. And so, it, so what's interesting, so my, my, core drills called a force of nature. Um, and, and so like, like any force of nature, uh, you know, sometimes w when you show up, uh, the landscape's going to change. Uh, hopefully you'll like that. But, um, uh, what I love about your particular combination, Dom, is with all, you've got four great reflect talents. So you, you're thinking, you're processing at a, at a depth and at a breadth, but you're not just keeping it all in because you got that achiever to shoot it out, right? And so your, your, your profile in core clarity lingo, we, we call a trailblazer. And so when, when you think about how your, how your profession has evolved and developed and what you're doing now, you're even with this podcast, you're, you're trailblazing new thought. You're, you're getting information in a way that people can do stuff with it. They can solve problems. Uh, it can make a difference. And trailblazers, they're, they're also, they don't have any of the connect or the command, but you found a, a great forum by which you can dispense great ideas, great strategies, uh, research, and, and, and you're accomplishing things with it.
and that's that's what I love as as, as we have met and and I saw your profile. I go, yeah, no, this this is a guy who is a thought leader in whatever field he had skills, knowledge, and, and experience to. Very good. Well, although I still have uh, very little empathy. And so, (laughs) oh, sorry, that's not true. That's not true. Empathy is not a strength. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that I have no empathy. I'm not. Right. I'm not. I'm not a psychopath or a sociopath. Um, <laughs> but it's. But it's. But it's interesting because I, I was saying to you before we were recording. I was. Uh, I was on your website, and you've got a great video of you talking about maximizing maximizing empathy. And, yes. And yeah, you know, where is it for you? Because it's 34 for me. Where is it? Is it's. It just, it's in the bottom 10. It's uh, down there. It's. I, it's. It's something that, and remember, when we're using the the language of Clifton with talents and strengths, uh, you can not have empathy as a talent, but that doesn't mean that you don't care. Uh, It just means that depending where that, you know, some of those blue talents are, I'm just not as quick to read the room in an empathetic way, if at all. where some with empathy, they're coming in. It's like, oh my gosh, this person's coming apart. These two are dating. Uh, you know, you know, they they can just kind of pick things oh. up. <laughs> and 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 I, it's funny because one of uh, an earlier podcast guest uh, CEO uh, had empathy number one. And wow. having it at number thirty four, it's one of those things where you think, I wonder what it would be like to have empathy as a strength. And I'm sitting having a conversation with him. And uh, I said, what about this? What about, he said, oh, we couldn't do that. Just think how people would feel. Yes. I'm like, and I must've looked at him very blankly because he said, <laughs> no, I went, I went, that, that thought would never cross my mind. It's like, like just, and so you just get that, you know, I, and I came away from that thinking, I'm very happy where I am with the strengths I have. And, you know, we'll just, we'll get on with it. Yeah. But so what, what's good is though, when, realizing kind of the self-awareness that, you know, that, that, that connect that sometimes I'm, I'm slow to that, or I need help with that has been just, it's been great in terms of just for my own personal development, because there are, there are times I remember my boss. <laughs> so you, you brought up my command. Um, and it's, it's a mobilized talent. And it's probably the, the harder mobilized, you know, it's probably the hardest of all the, it it is (laughs) of the external talents, you know, it's something where I would ask my boss, okay, I'm about ready to send this email out to so-and-so. Do you mind looking at it? Because he had harmony. Okay. And what happened was I learned how to kind of soften my command by processing it through his harmony. And, and see, and that's where, when we talk about collaborative workspace, that's what this does for us in a way we could never do on our own is it gives us a language. Well, it's, it's that you want spiky individuals, but you want rounded teams. Yes. And, and, you know, going back to sort of the corporate thing, I was struck uh, recently with a client where sales director, all about execution, that had been the challenge. Now the challenge is, are really around reinventing the sales organization. Sales director has nothing, nothing, no, no strengths to call on around ideas 
doesn't have ideation. That's not his thing. Not a big strategic thinker, no input learner. But because he's grown up in a corporate environment, or maybe it's ego, but he can't ask for help. Yeah. Right? Because, because, right. To, because in a corporate environment, often admitting a weakness means you just get slaughtered by the pack. Right. And so, you know, if you can, you know, you have to have some emotional maturity, but if you can bring this in, then, you know, these are my strengths. You're asking me to do a job that is not playing to my strengths. I'm going to need some help. Man, wouldn't that be a brand new day? You know, (laughs) (laughs) the fact that we could be open and vulnerable and transparent and, but there are times where, and I, there are times when I'll I'll do workshops, uh, Dom, and I'll, I'll bring in an assistant specifically because they're going to be the, the clue to my lack of blue. You know, uh, I, I hired my daughter one time. She's got the developer, which is one of the softer uh, mobilized talents in the core clarity world. And it was so great because I was, there was about 30 people in the room. This was a, a tech company. And I'm just, you know, I'm on time. I'm getting through the content. Uh, people are talking and, and everything. And I'm just thinking, man, I'm crushing it, you know? So we get, we get at the midway. And, uh, so I, I go back to my daughter, you know, and she's got, um, responsibility and, and I believe it's harmony in her, with her developer. And, and I said, uh, so what do you think? And she goes, well, these guys back here, totally not engaged at all. That guy over there, not having anything to do with this. This guy over here is upset about something. I mean, she just gives me a read of the room, just went way over my head that it's like, okay. And, uh, and, and it was good because coming out of that break, I was able to address some things uh, and some questions that actually kind of drew, a, you know, some of the peripheral, some of the things I wasn't picking up. It got some people into the conversation, but you know, I would have left that time just thinking it was great. You know, I would have looked at the evaluations and said, well, you know, you, you can't please everybody. Uh, <laughs> but having that, that halftime session where uh, I got somebody who, who's, you know, getting the, the people dynamic and then giving me that information, it just made me that much better at what I was trying to do for this team. And do you do you mainly do you mainly work with teams working on those team dynamics, or is most of the work that you do sort of individuals? What's the when I started off, it, it was a lot more individual. Did a lot of coaching. In fact, I was I was doing uh, online international coaching uh, before it was popular. You know, it was uh, I, I had a about my first go to meeting account back in two thousand fourteen, and, and I would just you know, just do anything and, you know, whatever, just kind of getting the reps in, uh, helping people, a lot of job seekers, uh, spoke, uh, in, in universities in China. Uh, that was a lot of fun, obviously through an interpreter. Uh, but so a lot of coaching and then probably in the last four years, it's just really shifted to more team dynamics, um, uh, team workshops, helping teams to work better together, so that, um, but, but I still do the coaching as well. I love the workshops because you got the group and when people, when you start seeing the lights go off, there's just that energy that comes. And so as a, as a trailblazer, a force of nature, we love that because it's like, all right, people, 
people are getting it. Let's just, you know, let's just take this hill. Uh, and so, but, uh, and, and, you know, and it's, it's obviously been very difficult to get that same dynamic virtually, but one of the things I have found that's good about command Dom is, um, virtual meetings. That's a great place for command to, to show up because sometimes people don't know what to do with the awkward silence and stuff. And, uh, to give direction, uh, to speak into something, to ask somebody to uh, a question, it, it just kind of you're, you're kind of a natural facilitator when you're you're using that. So uh, it, it's Ill, r- real interesting. So in you know, obviously you're in a great fit with, with your talents. Have you ever been in in one of those jobs where you were actually good at it? People liked what you did. And you, you were competent, you were proficient and all that. But at the end of the day, it was like, uh, man, I, I should be doing something else. Or, oh, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've had a number of those jobs. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, when, I, I think back to, you know, my time at Glaxo when I was a sales rep. And, and there that was about, it was a, there is a playbook and there's repetition of the playbook. And so learning the playbook is interesting to me. But repetition of the playbook is like having your fingernails withdrawn with pliers, right? So, so, so I'd get so far in, and it'd be like, "No, I don't want to do this anymore." Like now, I need to think of a better way to do it. And in fact, there's a better way to do it. And I, to, I remember taking a better way to my boss, having done this sort of multiple linear regression analysis work on some data from head office. And he's like, "No, that's what the people in the head office are for. You know, you, that's not you're not supposed to be doing any thinking." I'm like, you know, but I've, done, I've, but I've, but I've looked at their data and their data is rubbish. And yeah. the, inference of the, the inference of their rubbish data is that we should be calling on these people. And in fact, we should be selling to these people instead. And so what I did is I called on those people because I had to. And I called on the other people. And the, the team I was in, you know, were, I think, number two in the country that year. And then as a sales manager, it was the same. Like I can absolutely see the value in re- reviewing people's pipeline, but I have no interest in doing that whatsoever. So I would say, your pipeline good? And they'd say, yes, boss. And I'd say, brilliant. Let's go and do something interesting then. Okay. And so, you know, so then as soon as possible, I had to hire somebody who would actually do the mechanics of that thing. And, and when I, you know, I thought, you know, being a CEO, certainly opening founding and, and building two tech firms in the UK, that trailblazer thing is a great moniker for somebody that sort of, you know, founder entrepreneur. And, and I thought coaching would be uh, sort of a part-time, I don't know, fill-in whilst yeah. I had, you know, small children. And, and actually turns into the best job I've ever had. And I love it more than, you know, it's just, it's just a better fit. Yeah. No, it, it makes total sense. And, and I think that's where, you know, working with teams, sometimes you get people in the wrong positions, you know, kind of like, like, like in your situation. Uh, and and the, the humorous thing to me is your boss telling somebody who's got four reflect talents, you're not paid to think. It's like, why the hell am I here? You know, it's kind of <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the wrong job in the wrong company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so then I left. Yeah. Um, but you've already said what it is you know now that you wish you'd known earlier. Yeah. You sort of pulled that out, but what maybe we could get before, just before we wrap up, maybe we could get yeah. some, uh, some book recommendations, you know, um, 
Now discover your strengths is one we've we've mentioned. Right. Now discover your strengths are uh, Tom Rath, Don Clifton's uh, grandson, I believe. Uh, he he's written Strengths Finder 2.0. Uh, and with those books, you, you typically get a, a code where you can go online and take the assessment. Um, and again, it's, uh, I, I run into people all the time, Dom, that say, I love Strange Finder. And so my, my first question is, oh, really, what are your top five? And they're clueless. So th- there's, there's a difference between the content and the application. And that's what we found. And that's kind of been my journey is you can read those things, but boy, applying it, realizing that those talents need to be turned into strengths is really the game changer, the, 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 the transformational process that, that needs to take place. Uh, a, book, a book that I've read uh, by Dr. Henry Cloud uh, is called Necessary Endings. So I, I told you I, I was like an in-house facilitator, and I was, I was doing a role, and I was good at it. I enjoyed it. I liked it. I had other people just say, man, I really appreciate what you're doing. I'd love to have your job sometime. And I'm just thinking, you can take it right now. Uh, but, <laughs> no. uh, but but I read that book, Necessary Endings, by, by Dr. Henry Cloud. And the book is, is basically about, you know, how sometimes we're, we're doing things, and you can see, especially when you look at fr- from a, a, a talent, a strengths finder world, we have a tendency to gravitate towards certain things because we've always done them. Uh, but uh, are we really playing to our natural talents? And I've read that book, and then along with some of the, the eureka moments I was having through through core clarity and stuff, it's like, you know uh, – I, I, one of the, the job positions I did was working with successful um, businessmen doing these speaking forums on college campuses. And I began to see that, you know, I think a lot more like these guys. And uh, so, so reading Necessary Endings by, by Henry Cloud, it was like, okay, there's things that I'm doing, but I, I just, to, to move on to the next level, to get to that next, you know, kind of punch through, uh, there's things I just need to end. I need to quit. And so I made a, a career change okay. and that book really helped me to, to do that. Okay. What do we have to give up in order to move forward? Interesting. Exactly. There's, 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 so there's a people thing, but there's a business thing. Often some business businesses often get stuck around. There's a revenue or there's a product or something yeah. we can't give up. And yeah. Okay. Any, any, be- any, go on. Oh, I was going to say, it, it could be like certain values or, you know, these start off as a family thing and, and it's like, okay, but are they really the values still? Or do they need to be the values uh, where things have flipped? You know, it's like, I'm, I'd rather do things live, but boy, I, I can have a lot of fun doing things virtually, especially with great people like you, Dom. It's just, you know, this is just fun. Uh, but it's, you know, we, we've added all sorts of online stuff, done it in a very creative way where people can get their talents and get some of that application and coaching uh, as well. Uh, whether they're in Firestone, Colorado or, you know, uh, London or uh, Peru, uh, Canada, wherever. So, and that's the great thing is we, we got this great opportunity to, all of us that do great things to take it to a whole new level of uh, helping well, I, other I, people find their greatness. 
Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Because we were talking a bit before we were recording about the impacts of COVID on on our respective sort of uh, practices. And, you know, a year ago, I wouldn't be working with clients in the US, in the Philippines, in Australia, in France, in Spain. I, I just wasn't, you know, and, and you're saying the same thing, you know, you were doing it in person. And, yeah. And now, and now you've got a, you've now got a thriving global business as a result of exactly. serendipitously. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. But it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. I was really looking well, forward to our conversation. Yeah, Dom, you too. And uh, we got a little a little special thing we're doing. Um, we just uh, with our we, we've created what we call Empower You, kind of our online learning university, so to speak, of of your talents, how to make those talents strengths. Uh, and it's kind of a coaching platform. But for for any of your audience that wants to to, to go into this, uh, go to our our website. I believe you'll have the page and everything. And uh, it, 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 this particular course, it's designed for people leaders, you know, team builders, people leaders. Uh, we got a 25% off a, uh, for those that listen to this, this cast and for the first 10 people that sign up, um, along with the online thing, there's personal coaching I'll do with you. For the first 10 people, we'll, we're going to do a big group Zoom meeting where you'll get to interact with other leaders, have some great breakouts and stuff, and be able to understand this whole process of the uh, getting the Clifton strengths and the core clarity working uh, and leveraging people to, to be their best, not only professionally, but also personally. Bert, that's fantastic. Thank you very much indeed for that. Very kind. You bet. Dom, enjoyed it so much. I can't believe it's time to go. <laughs> well, we'll just have to do it again. All right. Very good. So, All right. But that's Dom, magic. Thanks so much. Speak to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you'd be kind enough to leave a review, it will really help other like-minded entrepreneurs find this podcast and grow our community. For all information relating to this episode, you can go to monkhouseandcompany.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find some cracking show notes, additional reading and links relating to our guest. There you can also find my blog and past episodes of my subjectively not crap newsletter, where I'll update you on the best articles I read that week, some recommended books and other podcasts. Thanks, and I will see you next week.